Hey, it's Ralph here. Q1 is now closing and it probably didn't go as well as you had hoped, but I'm sure your agency is probably telling you that they crushed it. But in reality, it crushed you. If your agency isn't on the same page as you are, if there's something wrong, but you can't quite put your finger on what that thing is, go on over to tier11.com forward slash apply. It will set you up on a call to show you a better way to look at your business, not just metrics that make us agencies look good, but something that actually moves the needle and makes you more money, acquires more new customers, and ultimately achieves your vision. Head on over to tier11.com forward slash apply today. Hello and welcome to the Perpetual Traffic Podcast. This is your host, Ralph Burns, and this is the show where we share cutting edge strategies and acquiring leads and sales to acquire more customers for your business through traffic. We no longer say paid traffic here, Kasim. It's all about growing your business through traffic. We've got a guy here that knows a fair bit about traffic, which we're pretty excited to have here on today's show. We're going to get into all that after this quick break. You're listening to Perpetual Traffic. Well, there is no question that when it comes to influence and persuasion in digital marketing, no one, and I mean no one, commands more respect than Dr. Robert Cialdini. If you have never read his books, Influence and Persuasion, I swear you are missing so much in your digital marketing, not only as an influencer and an advertiser, but as just a great marketer. And that's why I'm so excited to invite you to a free webinar where he'll be sharing his latest insights on new e-commerce strategies. Now, alongside Dr. Cialdini, you'll learn from Bass Wouters and the authors of Reputation King, my buddy Scott Branley and DJ Sprague. Attendees will absolutely be able to understand exactly how to gain a competitive edge in the marketplace by leveraging online reputation management. Now, that's something that we haven't talked about here on this show all that much. And it's more reason for you to register for the webinar here, which is completely free over at reputationking.com forward slash PT. So join us on April 18th from 12 noon to 2 p.m. Eastern. That's 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Pacific for you West Coasters by registering at reputationking.com forward slash PT. Once again, that's reputationking.com forward slash PT. Cialdini has been a huge influence on me. and I can't wait to see how his new e-commerce strategies resonate with you and how they affect your business in a positive way using reputation management. Make sure that you register for the April 18th free webinar at reputationking.com forward slash PT. All right, we are back with Elric Heck, and you can tell we're getting a little excited here about this whole thing because, yes, we're going down the rabbit hole a bit, but take a step back and look at your marketing strategy and think about how you're running your paid ads right now. You're probably running conversion-based advertising, which is great, and you should be, but we're talking about a deeper strategy where you're scaling and you're broadening out your reach by educating people who don't know who you are or maybe aren't even aware that they have a problem, maybe are a problem where, maybe that's the reason why they're watching the video, but this is like a big deal because this is how you capture your avatar and scale and grow your ads. It's not just by adding more budget onto your conversion campaigns, which does work, but only to a certain degree, and then you get diminishing returns. 
So with this content first strategy, and we've seen this a lot, and this is one of the things that we're really, really excited about right now, especially on Google, Alaric, is this whole idea of content, content, conversion, maybe first conversion, second conversion, third conversion, and then the fourth conversion, maybe in a service-based business, is an offline conversion that is then thrown back into the mix and your front-loading ads are optimized for that. If you're following along here, we can leave an image in the show notes as well. But that is because of that 90-day offline conversion window is a killer app right now. How would that apply to what we're talking about sort of pre-break? Yeah, I think that's a great question because I also think that's one thing I briefly mentioned porting back offline when we were talking, we were trying to troubleshoot a little bit earlier, but that's exactly one big way that you can do it is porting back that offline conversion. And there's multiple ways to do it. There's third-party tools. There's things that you can play around inside of analytics or your CRM, whatever it happens to be. So there's multiple ways to kind of choose how you want to port back that conversion. But essentially, we both know, but no listeners or viewers watching, it's essentially taking that conversion that takes place after somebody has, maybe it's booked a call or they become a client, right? So kind of a, a conversion further down the funnel. And it could also be especially pertinent to what Cosm's doing. You can essentially take that offline conversion, upload it to Google and have it attribute that to the particular campaigns where that offline conversion came from. I think that actually can also be another big way, Costum, that you can go and look at the different conversions. One thing I would say, though, is it's possible that since it's not going directly to that landing page, I don't know if it's going to work as intended for this setup, if that makes sense. It's possible mm -hmm. there's still because this that is a loss little bit of a in different middle. setup. Right. It, because of the loss in the middle, it yep. is possible that it still might not work as intended. That said, in general, for traditional running your regular direct response campaigns, yes, uploading offline conversions, great way to do it. And then I think the thing is, though, I would just caution, because if there's a lot of people listening or watching that maybe you're running marketing for whatever company, like one concern, and we've kind of brought this up earlier, which is, okay, how do you tell what's working, but you also know what's provable? One other concern that I know people will have is what data do you believe if you have multiple sets of data? So now we're talking about potentially having three different sets of data. You have the real conversions that you can count over here. You have the conversions that are counted in Google, and then you have the conversions that are kind of counted back through offline conversions. And by the, the real conversion, I mean, to say maybe you're either tracking third party or you're also looking at what the average would be based on your total spend, et cetera. That's when it can get confusing for people who maybe don't really realize that we are playing a game of looking at, okay, the different numbers and the data and making sure that we're analyzing it based on all the inputs that we have. So I would tell you more data is better for you and for Google because you're teaching Google what offline conversions are coming in and what's working. And so you're feeding that data back into the AI, which is helping it perform better. What I would caution you on, because I've seen it firsthand with clients, is I would caution you on getting like information overload by having several numbers that are slightly different than each other. They should be roughly similar. And then you can use that for your decisions with your campaigns. But that's like the one caution that I would say is take it all together as a collective instead of being confused why the numbers are going to be slightly different when you port it back that way. So try to keep it simple 
as much as possible. Exactly. I mean, this is it's simple because it's easy to complicate it with all the different numbers and also get confused and then maybe even have that make decisions that you wouldn't otherwise do. This is just something that we're seeing so much right now for like the book a call, the service-based business, the elective surgery business or home services or personal injury law. Like they are all about a booked call and a, in the case of personal injury law, a signed case, which is something that happens way after the call and the lead and everything else. And it's tying it all back into the conversion and getting Google to find people who are going to take that action, which you ultimately want, which is scheduling an appointment to get elective surgery or scheduling an appointment with somebody to talk about like how we can get your lawn green or scheduling an appointment or getting a signed case for a personal injury lawyer. That offline conversion is so critical right now because it's, we'll then forget about all the other preliminary or first like second, I would say primary and secondary indicators, which are in your case, maybe like a lead magnet. Ultimately, what you really want is you want sales. We want to track how many opt-ins you get for sure. But when you're optimizing your Google campaigns or YouTube campaigns, you really do want to be optimizing for the thing that you want the most, which in your case for ad outreach is sales, correct? It might take longer than a 90-day conversion window as well. But thinking high level, if you're a director of marketing or you're running a company, think about what you actually really want and try to get it as close to possible the thing that you're optimizing your ads for. Sometimes it's not perfect. You know, and what you say, keep it simple at some cases. But when you're very high level and when you're trying to scale, we found that it works really, really well. And it ties in with all the stuff that you're doing here, including the retargeting strategy, which we're going to get to in just a second. Yeah. And one other thing that I would say, and then I'm excited to dive into retargeting. One other thing that I would say is we were talking about how content is so valuable right now and going top of funnel with the different videos or value-based content. I know you've had other, you know, I think Molly and other guests on talking about that and Costum, that's what you're doing here. You're sending to the video. That is one big way that we're really leading with value, leading with content. You can also do that in the ad with what we call the value ad. So you have the hook, then educate. You're providing value inside of the ad, and then you have a call to action as well. And so that's also been an iteration that we've seen, even when you're sending people off direct response, making sure that you're actually providing value on your ad. You're making it very clear the value they're going to get next when they do opt in. It's no longer just simple enough to say, oh, hey, I've got a webinar coming up. Click the link. See you there. It's, hey, let me actually provide some value in the ad. And so some of our ads talk about some of the different elements of our strategy. Or We, we of course, have the YouTube ads, beat Facebook ads, and we do a little bit of a demo. That's kind of a classic ad. We also have more recent ones that talk about alpha AI targeting. So we talk a little bit about how YouTube ads have changed. It used to be content targeting. Now it's audience-based targeting. You know, we dive into that. And then we also have some ads where we say, hey, I want to give you my, you know, you've probably seen this, right? The $200 million YouTube ads PDF. No fluff dives in. And so that also is, even though it is direct to an opt-in, it's leading with even more consumable value. Whereas in the past, what we saw is it was a little bit easier to get people to sign up for a webinar, maybe not lead as much value-wise or have a bigger commitment right off the bat. And that's why I think we're also seeing PDF for us work really well top of funnel is because it's very clear. It's like 19 pages, $200 million, no fluff, dives in step-by-step, step, just click here to opt in. And we're going to show you all these different elements. And right, we talk a little bit about it, we educate in the ad and then once people go and they opt in, they're getting something consumable. And then we do more middle of funnel retargeting to our webinars, to some more of our in-depth trainings. Um, That's after the thing they I'm missing out on is the middle of the funnel. 
I crushed the yeah. top of the funnel. I crushed the bottom of the funnel. But that messy middle, man, I just, you know, that's where you actually have to work and you have well, to you be have strategic. Test. Yeah, yeah, you have, you have to, to test. And, yeah. yeah. Well, and we got, you know, we were spoiled. We had a phenomenal organic following. Leads were dropping. And so that's one of the things that I think hurts a lot of people is when it's working just well enough for you not yeah. to continue to optimize. Right. I fell into that trap. Yeah. It, yeah. Like retargeting off the, like the views of your videos. Like right. it's like, it's working so well. It's like, ah, we don't need to do that. It's when you're lazy. Yeah. And now you're like, but well, I can probably like maybe double we should the do efficacy that. of my $150,000 a month campaign. Probably. Yeah. 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 Shane. So I guess we're going to leave omnipresent retargeting to last because this is an easy sort of lead in to the YouTube beats, Facebook ads thing over and over again and every time this i see it i'm like Ralph so much on such like, a deep, okay. deep visceral level this is this is why i really didn't like you until i met you but you know, here you are and now we're fast friends now that we've shared the boston thing and that setting that aside the ad itself you're talking about giving value and a pitch on your front end video whenever i see the youtube ads beats facebook ads i'm thinking all right it's got to be the ad and i haven't opted in for your opt-in on that just because i don't want your sales guys to text me even more than they already are but anyway <laughs> having said that it's gonna scare a lot of people off for your call to action at the end of the show what is it what's the key to it is it the front end ad is it more than that drop the goods here for us yeah, so that ad actually combines two different hook styles in one. So there's a few different types of hooks. And again, that, that is something I do break down in, in that PDF. And if you ask my team nice, they'll stop texting. <laughs> but anyways, I, uh, I, but I, I actually have texted him back many times. But anyway, he's very nice, by the way. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But basically, you have a few different types of hooks that you can use. So you have pattern interrupts. And obviously, that starts with a pattern interrupt. YouTube ads beat Facebook ads. But then you have problem solution hooks. And this actually gets into both of those. We'll get into that in a second. Then you have hooks that are more story-driven hooks. You have case study hooks. You can have education hooks. You can have question-based hooks, like what if. Those work really well, You know, especially if the what if question that you're asking is something that you can solve with your product or service. And then there's a variety, there's like kind of funny, clever hooks. Like we have a whole kind of list of our, here's types of hooks you can use. And so I think the reason this works really well is as two hooks in one that are the two of the most powerful hooks. Two of what I would call the three most powerful. I do think the what if is one of the top three. And we used to have one of those. It was, what if you could ethically hijack your competitor's traffic and send it directly into your own Dude, follow-up? Dude, I remember that exactly. ad. Yes. Yes. That was the first ad that just blew up our first multi-million dollar ad that blew up. What if you ethically hijack your competitor's traffic, send directly in your own funnel? That's exactly what I'll show you how to do with YouTube ads and then diving into that. Then our second in our most massive ad hook is the YouTube ad. People remember the first line, but they don't remember the second part, which really gets people to watch it and want to take action from here. So it's YouTube ads beat Facebook ads every time. Let's face it, Facebook ad costs are going through the roof. And even when you have a great ad, they're almost impossible to scale. In this video, I'm gonna show you how you can use YouTube ads to get consistent leads and sales for your business. So let's hop over my computer screen and I'll show you exactly how this works. So you see there's multiple things that I'm doing there. And you can tell I've done he that didn't a few even, times. But. He didn't even use a teleprompter, Cosm. No, he didn't take a <laughs> breath. He didn't blink. I think Eric's a robot. I don't think I he's think a real he person. I think he's AI. I think he's AI generated with an Austin background. Uh -oh, uh -oh. And they eliminated his Boston you, accent you at the same me. time. Yep, we figured it out. <laughs> it was obvious. There's multiple elements to that. So there's the YouTube ads beat Facebook ads every time. That's the pattern interrupt. It gets people to pay attention. And whether you agree, disagree, you're unsure, you're curious, 
It's going to get you to watch. It's also going to push away people that don't care and aren't interested, right? Which in the past with the old type before VACs, obviously you wouldn't pay when they skip. Now, obviously it's more impression-based. You do pay, but it teaches the algorithm who's not interested, right? So now it's more algorithm focused. It gives a good signal, right? It's like, okay, the people that are watching, not. So that does also help you attract the right people. Because I'm talking about YouTube ads, beating Facebook ads. So the people who care about that are on the edge of their seat and they can't not watch. The people that don't care can't click the skip button fast enough. So that actually yeah, works you want to attract too. and repel. Exactly, exactly. So that also helps too. Then from there, we get into a problem solution. I hit the two, well, two of the three biggest pain points people have on Facebook. The third one's obviously account shutdowns in that one, we didn't really talk about that, but we talked about Facebook ad costs getting more expensive and not being able to scale great campaigns efficiently, right? Even when you have great campaigns, it's impossible to scale. Two big things that two of the three, when we survey people, like these are the three biggest problems that people have is those two problems and then shut down support, things like that. And so we hit two of the biggest pain points. And then from there we say, and in this video, I'm going to show you the solution, which is YouTube ads, you get consistent leads and sales. And then I immediately dive into, now let me show you how this works. The original iteration of the ad, there are new iterations where I'm talking about the PDF and so it's a little bit different, but the original big one that we ran, it was me showing my computer screen and actually doing a little bit of a demo of how YouTube ads work and how the targeting works and how it's so powerful. And then I say, okay, now you can go ahead and click the link to watch the webinar. And that original one was going to the webinar. And that just worked really well because we had a pattern interrupt, repelled the wrong people, pulled the right people in, talked about their biggest problems, told them I have a solution, actually showed them enough to prove that I have a solution, hid the rest of it behind the opt-in, which is go and opt-in for the webinar. And then we were able to get people to go into that. And that ad consistently still performs. We still run that ad even to the webinar, that whole process. Now we have another ad that it's kind of like what you're saying is people are going a lot, even this other element of value. So we're seeing a lot of success right now with almost this more direct, like this is my $200 million YouTube ads PDF that's generated $200 million for our clients, help me scale my own business, ad outreach over eight figures, landing number 60 on the Inc. 5000 list of the fastest growing companies in America. And I want to give it to you completely for free. It's 19 pages, no fluff. And then I show them. So that's more of like a value first type of ad. And honestly, it's always interesting when you see the ads that are going to outperform. The YouTube ads beat Facebook ads. I had a good feeling that that one was going to be the winner. With the ethically hijack, that was one of many hooks. And then same thing with the PDF. We had funnier and more punchy. We even duplicated the YouTube ads beat Facebook ads before the PDF. So it's interesting what hooks perform the best. But those are probably the three biggest campaigns that we've done is those three in terms of to cold traffic. Obviously, we've had some stuff work really well. It's omnipresent. And we'll get this in a second. Dude, that was a master class just in freaking cooks. It's testing out that front end hook. Like for anyone who's listening here, those ads, if you haven't seen them, probably now because you're listening to Perpetual Traffic with Alaric Heck. Now you're going to be retargeted to his ads. I'm sure he's figured out a way to do that. But really, it's hook give some value and then call to action, but just give it enough. I mean, it's not a new formula by any stretch. The fact is, is that it worked and you scaled up. And I think anybody who's in digital marketing has seen those ads. It was kind of like, I liken those a lot. I, I hate to say this, but the Ty Lopez ads way back a few years Dude, back. Wow. Wow. Yeah. We invite this man on our podcast I know. and, and you start lobbing grenades at him, Ralph. I know. You it's one of those no, ads I, that I know, everybody knows that. But those ads were so cringe. I know. So cringe. <laughs> but it's not the content of his ads. It's the fact that this is widespread. And you spent 
how much do you care to drop the amount that you spent on like that ad? Are we talking? We're talking millions, I would guess. That that ad's in the millions. That's definitely the ad that we've spent the most money on, and it also just consistently it's amazing but also sometimes mildly infuriating when you just can't beat it that original ad so i remember so that ad was (laughs) the guy richie of digital marketing you're never going to make anything better than snatch it doesn't matter how many movies you come out with yeah yeah (laughs) and ultimately what did eventually start outperforming like looking at the full, full overall funnel is some of the pdf stuff that we were doing it's a little bit more direct and then retargeting and doing all those different other things But again, for a solid three years, I think that ad was originally like a 2019 ad. And then prior to that, it was the Ethically Hijack, which I had, and I'd scaled that up for a while. We ran in somewhere in the millions. I don't have the exact numbers in front of me. We're still running a good chunk of budget. That's the ad that drives people to our webinars. And we still perform really well in the webinars. Also, that ad is very prevalent middle of funnel too. Kind of like what you're talking about there too, is sometimes you have to take a different top of funnel strategy. And that's one of the things that we found is so many people had seen that ad and had interacted and done different things and it still performs really well. And at the same time, we found something else that also produces a better top of funnel effect in terms of getting much lower cost initial lead gen. From there, we can take them into our whole apparatus because there was a point where it gets into a spot where, okay, now if I can get leads a little bit cheaper by offering something that's maybe a little less intimidating than an hour long, more than an hour, like hour and a half, like webinar, which again, provides a ton of value. But if I can say, hey, it's 19 page PDF, and then what we can do is go in and get their name, email, and phone number and industry. And then that way we have specific industries that we're looking to reach. So we can port some of that back through using offline conversions and also our third party tracking. And we can go in and we can see, okay, which campaigns are bringing what industry, refine, do different things. So there's a little bit of flexibility there, but yeah, that ad performed really well. So now you kind of have a visibility on our top three ads that we've spent the most on. And you're not an agency per se, right, Alric? Do you do this for people or is it all info products? You're teaching people how to do it or a little of everything. So it's a hands-on. So it's a done together process. In between info and agency, we're helping our clients write the scripts. We've got copywriters on my team. They'll go in, they'll actually write the scripts with our clients. So our clients hop on and they're providing what they know best about their business. Our copywriters know how to write these scripts. So we go in and we'll write the scripts with them on that call. We'll help them set up the campaigns. So we have our ad strategists go in, help them set up their campaigns. We've got all of our trainings, cover A to Z, everything with YouTube ads. From there, what we do is we're helping them hands-on optimize and scale those ads. Now, we do have a membership that we actually just recently launched, which is pretty exciting. And it's like a course, but it's basically our YouTube ads trainings, our omnipresent trainings, like a variety of our trainings without the hands-on side of things. People have been asking me for that for forever. So we did, we actually just finished up an early access and we're going to be relaunching that later, this full kind of bigger launch. So we've got some ads around that. So expect to see, you know, some new winners for testing that model. That said, And it's something people have been asking for, so we know people are going to be excited about it. But that said, our core model is probably closest to consulting, kind of similar to what I just did with some of your ads there. You're not necessarily, obviously, and you guys do a lot of ad stuff as well, but you're not necessarily going to say, oh, Alric, go run my ads. But you might say, hey, Alric, can you get a second pair of eyes on these ads in my team? And then we can give, hey, here's our strategic recommendations. I'd recommend doing that and doing this and doing that. And then let us help you. And someone like you might just see the consulting side. But other people, they might not be as savvy in terms of how to actually do it. Maybe they've done Facebook ads before. That's been a lot of our clients. They're running Facebook ads. Maybe somebody who's the type of person that's watching or listening, maybe you're looking to get into YouTube ads. 
And you're not looking to necessarily have an agency do it for you. You maybe have an in-house team, but you're looking to implement that. We even work with people that already have agencies to help the company and the agency get those ads set up. And so essentially, we come in as more of a consulting, working with our clients. We have done for you elements like the script and like helping set up the campaigns. But in terms of the ongoing management, that's not the game that we're in. We're in more of the ability to help consult and do the 20% of that strategy that's going to yield 80% of the results and then allow the companies to go and take it and run with it. It's a brilliant model because you don't step on anybody's toes. You're not trying to wrestle account management away from internal employees or other agencies. You basically can get bolted on anywhere. It's pretty sharp, man. I'm envious. I mean, I've been envious <laughs> the whole time, but like I had one more thing that I'm jealous of Auric Heck for. So before we get into Omnipresent Retargeting, which we will get into. We're never going to get there. We're, we are this going to never, talk about this is it. Never gonna, we're never going to have that discussion. It's going to happen. No. You got to answer the question. Why do YouTube ads beat Facebook ads every time? Because <laughs> yeah. we did <laughs> I love it. So, <laughs> yes, I, I know. And so... What I would say is the big thing to think about is where is people's mindset when they're on YouTube? They have more intent on YouTube because people go to YouTube for one of two reasons, right? They either go there to be entertained or they go there to learn. And the people that are going there to learn, they're actually looking for information to solve problems that they have, which is what you offer. On Facebook, people are scrolling and we've all done it, right? We're kind of mindlessly scrolling. We're just scrolling through Facebook and we're saying, oh, you know, what am I interested in today? They might casually click on something. But again, it's more, you have to have more pattern interrupt type marketing. Sound is off. They're not necessarily building as strong of a brand on Facebook too. So I'm actually mixing a few different things. But the first one is intent. So on YouTube, you have more of that intent because people are going on YouTube and they're watching these types of videos that are looking to learn and grow. Now in the past, it was easier to do direct content targeting. So I know that the counter to that you're gonna say is, well, hey, that's not the content targeting anymore. Now you're targeting based on audiences. However, YouTube's just traded one advantage for another. They have so much data on every single user. I know Google Analytics alone is installed in 55% of websites, whereas the Facebook Pixel, the last stats was around 11 or 12%. So that's scientific proof. Google is five times better. I, I don't know. I'll let you guys be the, the judge of that, but <laughs> I'm just joking around there. Dude, you're you're speaking my better. language. You're on my team here, Alvick. You came in yeah, and yeah. You put on a costume jersey right out of the gate. <laughs> exactly. It's funny. We go to I'm, different things. And I remember channel agnostic. I don't know what you're talking about. At, your whole thing was why Google, you, you were even talking about why Google's better. Like, look at all the data points, all this stuff. And I remember we were calling a lot of the audience stuff back then too. Um, I remember an event. I think yeah, it was Steve, uh, Steve Easy. Event. We were both at. Yeah. 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 You want to hear the worst thing that can happen to a human? You're asked to speak at your friend's event. You're like, yeah, of course I'll do that for you. Do no problem. And then you go to the event and the guy speaking two sessions before you is Auric Heck. And he gets up there and he does your talk, but he does it better. It's like the newer, younger version of everything I was just about to say. And I'm like, all right, Steve, thank you for nothing, you jackass. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 although I it's remember great. you were like, I'm just throwing my whole speech out and I'm going to talk about Google. <laughs> it, was, it was great. You're talking about the future Google. But anyways, looping, looping back. So we have intent. We also have the fact that Google has just more data than Facebook and they were less impacted by iOS 14 and all the issues because iOS 14 and all those issues, the thing that they were really impacted by 
is the fact that Facebook pulls a lot of data from third parties, whereas Google has a lot more first party data, which is not impacted because that's data that they're collecting. People are logged in more. They're on YouTube. They're on Google search. They're on Google Chrome. They, Google Analytics is installed across these different websites. So they're just collecting far more data. And so that makes their algorithm better with the audience targeting. You also have the ability to build your own audiences. So on Facebook, there's more predefined. Yes, you can upload lists. You can do lookalikes, different things. But on YouTube, you can do what we're talking about, which is the audience creation. And we didn't really quite get into this, but I even made like an AI software keyword search that allows you to just type in details about your business. You click go and it'll give you, all right, here's some different audiences you can target, you know, choose which ones you want, click sync. And now you can actually build a whole new audience based on what your ideal client is looking for on you know, YouTube or on Google. And so it has the intent element and it also has the fact that there's more customization, so more ways to teach the algorithm who you're looking to reach. And then in addition to that, you also have the fact that it's not just pre-built audiences, you have more ability to create your own and more data points that Google has. But the final thing is exactly what we're talking about. You referenced Ty Lopez's ads. You obviously referenced my YouTube ads beat Facebook ads. I even remembered Cosmo, your business partner in those ads, love lead gen, hate lead gen. The thing that I think works really well on YouTube versus Facebook is audio is on from the beginning, video is on, it's front and center. It's not something people are scrolling by really quickly. And if you get that ad and the right message in front of people, it's memorable. It's memorable. And repeatable. And you build a brand at the same time. No, it's compelling. I think now is the time to get into the question about omnipresent retargeting. You've made your case on YouTube versus Facebook. And like I said before, Kasim, I am traffic platform agnostic. It's like whatever you are. works. But you also, you do have a special place in your heart for that. I mean, dude, you created the Facebook agency. Like you're the godfather true. of yes. Facebook agencies. That is true. There was that's actually the true. Out, Ralph went... And all these little Facebook agencies that cropped up, they were all going through Ralph's incubator program and following his model. Like he created all of his competitors. It's true. I, I don't get any residuals on any of that, but just the happiness when I go to sleep at night knowing that it, we Does it make you happy? No, it doesn't. These, actually, yeah. we just created our competition. I, but. I, I, know, I know your pain. We've, uh, yes, it's, it's, it's some of the people talking about YouTube ads. Like, wait a second. You went through something. But hey, it's like, that's my that stuff. <laughs> Not about but, me uh, here. But, it's about know, the listener. Exactly. Really, it is. So, exactly. <laughs> I appreciate that, Cosm. But omnipresent retargeting. This is actually badass. And we're doing it. You're doing it. Custom. It really is. Oh, I stole a tremendous, it from Albert. Oh, yeah. totally. It's a tremendous system. So there's your, you know, right off the bat. Tell us what it's all about. It's actually pretty easy to do, but very, very effective, especially from this repeatable brand, constantly top of mind. Tell us about it. Spill the goods on omnipresent retargeting. So omnipresent retargeting is you want to retarget the leads that are coming in. And you get to choose what level, right? Your hottest leads or all your leads. Spoiler alert, we kind of do more like all our leads. But again, you get to choose what level. But the leads that are coming in that are interested, what you want to do is retarget them across every major platform. And I know that actually kind of goes against some what I'm talking about, YouTube ads, Facebook ads. But again, YouTube ads, what we're running top of funnel, we're bringing people in. Yeah, but then once they're already yep. in, they've already raised their hand. We might as well right. retarget them everywhere. I right. genuinely believe one of the most undervalued assets in most businesses is their retargeting list. And that's because you have all these people that you're collecting inside of these different ad platforms that are installed on your site 
that you know that you can reach them. And it doesn't matter if they hit unsubscribe on an email. It doesn't matter if they open your email, if it goes to spam, if they get your text, if they say politely like, hey, please stop messaging me or whatever it happens to be. All that matters is you have the fingerprint and them pixeled on your ad platform and you can go in and retarget those people. And you can retarget them with different messages. You have a captive audience. And so if you reach them on every platform, then they're thinking about you. You are top of mind everywhere. So you're on YouTube, you're on Google Display, you're on Facebook, you're on LinkedIn, you're on Pinterest and TikTok and Snapchat and Tabula, Outbrain, you know, AdRoll, like all those, those big networks. And again, I'd go be past social media too. You can go into something like an AdRoll and you'll be able to get a massive amount of uh, impressions just with banner ads. Well, dude, the traffic and, is no money. Like AdRoll is so cheap per view. And I'm sure it's oh, yeah. garbage traffic, but it's also, it's cheaper than it is garbage. Do you know what I mean? Like it's actually yes. worth buying up as much of that crap as you can. Exactly. And as the people that are in your audiences, right? So, you know, the thing is like, even if a big percentage of it is garbage, the percentage that is not is like you said, worth far more than the pennies that you're paying for it. And so being omnipresent is all about just reaching in front of that ideal client everywhere. And this is one of the things, this has also become more of the people that are in the know that have now opted in, they see ads where it's a funny ad. I bet you didn't expect to see me here. That's my Facebook retargeting ad and LinkedIn retargeting ad. It's kind of pop up. I got some like laughing face emojis and stuff. But really, in reality, what you want to do is you just want to get in front of people again and again so they think about you because they might not be ready to buy right off the bat, but you want to keep getting in front of them over time until they're ready to raise their hand, take action, opt in, take that kind of big next step. Or not opt in, I guess, but like more, you know, book a call, uh, purchase, whatever that final step is. And even people that don't book calls or even your clients, I still retarget. I retarget everybody. Now, I also change a little bit of the retargeting. So different people at different stages will get different types of ads. And one thing that you can do is when people make a purchase decision is start just showing them a ton of testimonials too, right? So now That's you're like- do with customers. We, we do case studies that. and testimonials. That's such a pro tip exactly. right there. Yeah. Exactly. That's the omnipresent retargeting strategy. And if I had to sum it up, imagine- it's a gigantic microwave. All your leaves, they're popcorn kernels, right? And those popcorn kernels, you've already you've already paid for these kernels. It's in the PDF. So you just have to put them in the microwave. You turn it on. What do microwaves do? They warm up whatever's inside from every direction. That's what omnipresent retargeting does. It warms up those kernels until they're ready to pop. And then what are you left with at the end of the day? A big bowl of popcorn, which in your case is a big pool of clients and people coming into your business. So that's the omnipresent retargeting machine in a nutshell. So it's basically, it's AdRoll, it's LinkedIn, it's YouTube. It's basically, it's everything on Google. It's Facebook as well. Like what other platforms? Pinterest you mentioned. Yeah, Pinterest, Snapchat. TikTok's kind of odd because sometimes we do the retargeting there, but there's weird limitations sometimes and stuff like that because on and off, like what gets approved, I don't know if that's, always us, but our clients have some stuff there too. But basically every major platform. AdRoll also kind of covers like the Taboola Outbrain. So you can usually go there, but you can also go directly into those if you want. We even have retargeting on Twitter, which is funny. So we've been running Twitter ads for a long time and we just- Nobody should sleep on Twitter. Since, and I'm not making a political statement, but since Elon took Twitter, that thing is in my mind improved by 
one standard deviation. It's so much better from an ad perspective, a content perspective, and a reach perspective. What you're saying there even makes me want to test a little bit more Twitter in general, because we're just mostly doing the retargeting and omnipresent, right? But I have heard that now a couple times. Yeah, I appreciate you saying that, Cost. Because the other thing too is I love to test all kinds of different things. Don't get me wrong, we're always testing. It's just YouTube and the way that we've done it, that's our bread and butter, right? It's like, that's our main way that we know just outperforms the other platforms with our strategies that we have. That said, retargeting everywhere works really well. What's really surprising, one of the places where it was the quickest, like immediate win from a super like cheap budget, like a $25 a day budget was Pinterest. There was probably some pent up demand there. And it's also a different like audience. And then we actually had, when we flipped that on, we had, I think it was like two or three clients that came through in like that short period of time that said, when I saw you on Pinterest, I knew you were the real deal. So That's I had so to say, yeah. you know who else told us that was Lauren Petrullo. Lauren was just on the show and she was all about Pinterest, which I thought was so laughable to hear. But I mean, this is the second time I'm hearing this from somebody I respect. It's the stuff you forget about. Yeah. And everybody else has forgotten about it. And all of a sudden you've got these marketers which are making hay with it, like on Twitter ads, like people have forgotten about Twitter ads. We barely talked about it here on the show, Pinterest as well. So we'll leave a link at the show notes to go back to that episode. But yeah, yes. 100%. Also... LinkedIn has some really interesting. I know we went uh, around this here. Now we're getting there. I'm, I'm such a believer, dude. You got to talk me into this one. No, 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 no it was no. like the third so time I saw him on really LinkedIn. I said, this is the, this is the guy we want on the show. Targeting, not just the feed. The feed does get really expensive, although you want to be omnipresent everywhere. They have something called Spotlight. It's a Spotlight ad. And it literally, I don't know if you've seen this costume. It puts your face next to their LinkedIn profile face no as way. a spotlight in this little ad on the side. And when I say book your strategy call with Alex team or whatever today, and then it's got the little call to action button like book now, and it has my face and their face it's insane in this brand ad. It's called a spotlight ad and it's to book a call. And there's just a very, very small amount of inventory on that. So we can't spend a ton on it. But that actually, that we consistently get calls booked from that spotlight ad, which is a funny one. And we get comments on that one too. Cause they're like, how did you get my face in your <laughs> ad? Yeah. I actually like, have, it's hilarious. I've seen it once or twice. I mean, I've seen your LinkedIn retargeting ads. So for anyone who's listening here, you're like, all right, well, this sounds great, but it's yet another thing that I have to spend money on. It's yet another budget. Now I have to do it. Like I'm already spending all this money on my ads percentage wise. I know obviously you spend a lot on your top level ads, which I have to believe are probably mostly YouTube on your very top, top of funnel. Okay. So you're taking those retargeting audiences for those either video viewers or anyone who's clicked and opted in. It's mostly opt-ins or you're retargeting. And then you're actually going out and putting them in all these different networks. That's my first question. The second question is if I'm spending X amount on my ads, how much as a percentage of that total do I need to spend on this strategy? Great question. It is going to fluctuate a little bit depending on what your strategy is and how full your audience buckets are and what stage you're in. And if you want to be more of kind of like filling up the bucket versus, all right, let's smash open that piggy bank and go after that low hanging fruit. I'll explain what that means in a second, but I'm sure you guys are already tracking along with that. But basically, you have warm and hot retargeting. The vast majority is hot retargeting, but we do warm retarget on all the platforms. You might as well. You just put the pixel on the different platforms, and we do use that to get the opt-ins. And that's where, though, we decide what works or doesn't work. So like, for instance, you got me thinking, okay, maybe we should do some warm retargeting on Twitter, for instance. 
We don't really, it's more just hot. It's just like our list. Just to, just to clarify, hot yeah, yeah, for hot, you yeah, is an opt-in. What we would consider is like hot would be an opt-in, somebody that actually opted in, joined our list, they converted. Got it. And then I would consider warm to just be kind of more website visitors or YouTube viewers, things like that. And those people, again, we run a lot of warm YouTube ads, like I talked about. Also, warm does perform quite well for us on Facebook too, because again, like, that's just, there's a lot of eyeballs there. So again, the YouTube ads bring people in, but then we'll do warm uh, multi-platform, but that's where we're a little more selective. And then hot, that's where we want to be everywhere. That's all of them. So it's, you think it's like, it's like YouTube is a big top of funnel. That's where we're doing a lot of our spend. Then we have a couple platforms that we'll do. Okay. If they have shown any interest, if they've even gone to our site, let's retarget them warm. And that would include like a Facebook. We've gone on and off with LinkedIn, but I don't think right now, because again, LinkedIn does get a little more like what you're saying, a little more expensive there. But there's the warm and then the hot is okay they've already opted in now we're pushing them to book a call which is our thing is the complimentary strategy call and then at the bottom of the funnel is actually it's the opposite of where it's at in the funnel that's when we widen it so it's almost like an inverse funnel you start top a funnel with just one main platform but that's your widest audience so it's their widest audience but narrowest in terms of the platforms then the middle is where you start adding more platforms in and then once you get to your bottom which is your smallest group of people that's actually when you want to have the maximum amount of platforms so it's kind of like pyramids stacked on top of each other in terms of the number of platforms you're targeting versus where you're at in the funnel. Got it. So percentage of spend really depends on whether or not you're doing the hot or the warm. Yes. In general, again, we also are a little bit more bullish on the retargeting side, but we'll do between, it, for us, it more fluctuates between like a 20 and 30%. But again, that is a lot, but we've also built up a large amount of people over time. I would always recommend at least 10% of your budget going towards retargeting and a little bit more common. So our clients are also typically going to be a little more bullish on retargeting because we show them and they see it for themselves. A more common is like the 20%. We also, that is kind of more of like a 20, 25% average. But sometimes if we're in a phase like, all right, we want to tap into that piggy bank now, you can scale up those retargeting ads. It's just make sure that you're monitoring the results and you scale it back when you tap into a little bit more. So what we found is for us between 20 and 30%, if clients are a little bit newer, then maybe it is like that 10%. You got to build up those buckets first. And then we even have people that we know that push it beyond that if they're really looking to really go after their existing audience versus really go top of funnel. Right. If you've got a massive list or an engaged list or whatever it happens to be, you can fluctuate there. So I think that gives people a pretty pretty good range. I'm partially asking for my VP of marketing, who I know is listening to this podcast, because we've done it and it is really good. Like we've always done a lot of retargeting. I think the ad roll piece is the one that we didn't have, but it is super effective. And we certainly see the results, if not just from a brand perspective, just sort of that be everywhere strategy, which I think is really important, especially today. If people want to get in touch with you... Do you have a place where they can find you easiest or uh, anything specific for the PT listener here? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So we've got that 19-page YouTube ads PDF I talked about. It dives in, you know, step-by-step, again, like how this strategy works completely for free. So it's adoutreach.com slash PDF. That's A-D-O-U-T-R-E-A-C-H dot com slash PDF. So just adoutreach.com slash PDF. You can get that full 19-page YouTube ads PDF. And if you're interested in having our team really dive in and see what you're doing with your marketing, consult and really help you get to that next level, you can go to adoutreach.com slash apply. That's where you can book a strategy call. And we talked about it very briefly, but I also have a keyword research tool, but it's not just keyword research. It now has AI audience building for YouTube ads where you just put in details about your business, click generate, and you can get new audiences that you can target 
choose the ones you want, click sync to Google ads and sync it in one click. All of that is in keywordsearch.com, exactly as it sounds, just keywordsearch.com. Yes, I did snag that domain a little while ago, which is great. Built it around that. So, Did you buy that off market or did you get that by itself? Did I bought it as a premium domain. So it was kind of one of those in between. I didn't have to negotiate it, but it was a premium. I got it for like a steal. I got it for $10,000, but I still see that. Oh, wow. That's great. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. See, for us, we know, but I've mentioned that to other people who are outside. They're like, you paid what for a domain? Like it's eight bucks. I'm like, no, 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 you don't understand. Like this domain. You don't get it. You don't quite get it. You own the industry when you own the domain. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> really solid. All right, awesome. We will leave all those links in the show notes here. I think we could continue on here. And I think we definitely Forever. need to have you back on because there's so much good stuff here. So hopefully, you, the listener, have been able to follow along. We will actually have the YouTube video of this as well over on our YouTube channel, which we do leave the links in the show notes for that as well. Definitely check out what Alaric is doing here. One of the smartest minds in digital marketing here today. And uh, super excited to have had you on. And we'll have to have you back on again. Make sure you do check out everything over at adoutreach.com. We'll leave links in the show notes there. Make sure that wherever you're listening, you leave a rating. That always helps us. And we've got some new ratings, actually, Cosm, which we're going to have to get into. Let us know what we can do better over at perpetualtraffic.com forward slash better. We read all of those as well. And this episode here is actually an outgrowth of that. Very tactical, but still high level. And follow me over on LinkedIn at Ralph Burns and Kasim on Twitter at Kasim Aslam. Go back and listen to previous episodes. And like I said, check out our YouTube channel, which is growing. And there's multiple perpetual traffic channels. So we will leave a link in the show notes. We are in the process of consolidating that. And everything that we mentioned here is over at perpetualtraffic.com. So on behalf of my awesome co-host, Kasim Aslam, Peace. until next show, see ya. You've been listening to Perpetual Traffic. 